our thoughts in our brain, our self-talk is like a hamster on a wheel, constantly on the go. Welcome to Plant-Based DFW with Dr. Riz and Maya. In our show, we cover topics about lifestyle medicine, such as healthful eating, physical activity, stress management, building relationships, and improving your sleep. We also enjoy talking about topics such as the environment and animal welfare, and we will bring you experts such as physicians, dietitians, and health coaches. And we also like hearing testimonies from people like you. Welcome back to another episode of Plant-Based DFW. And in this episode, we feature Mita Shah Bhagat. She is a friend. She is a health coach. She's trained in lifestyle medicine. And she is a Plan Pure pod leader of the group called Green and Fit Frisco. Mita is a coach at heart. She recognizes that there is no cookie cutter approach to transformation. Each day she helps clients design and live healthy lives. Her custom tailored approach is key to follow through. Most of us simply never learn how to nourish our bodies holistically or worse, learn the wrong habits. Health journeys usually start with good intentions and determination, but get sidetracked by the same culprit, stress and its accompanying emotions. Mita focuses on managing your stress and emotions. This helps avoid overeating, being inactive, using tobacco or alcohol, which can then derail your health. Over the past 15 years, Mita has worked in many areas of health management, from health coaching to clinical research at hospitals and universities, conducting corporate seminars and developing health promotion programs. She holds a master's in human and clinical nutrition, master's in behavioral nutrition and physical activity, certification in sports nutrition and tobacco cessation, and is certified coach with National Board and American College of Lifestyle Medicine. Let's welcome Mita. So I'm sitting here today with Mita Shaw Bagat in her home, and we just had a wonderful plant-based Indian meal that you cooked for me. So thank you, Mita. <laughs> You're welcome, Maya. Where did you learn how to cook like that? My mom made me cook ever since I was a child. <laughs> oh my Always help her in the kitchen. So Some of us had that exposure early on, and then there are the people that never had that. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? I'm from India. I was born and raised in India. I moved to the U.S. 13 years ago after I got married. 13 years ago. Yeah. And uh, was that an easy transition for you at the time? No, <laughs> it wasn't just because there's no family, there's no support. I did not know this world <laughs> growing yeah. up, so it was a bit uh, of a transition, but you get used to it. Yeah. 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 I don't know if I ever told you, but we migrated from Mexico. I was about six or seven years old. So we came here and did not have any family, any support. So I remember those like five years, the first five years of, you know, we didn't celebrate Thanksgiving because it wasn't in our culture. So there was a lot of things that were new to us. Yeah, yeah. We never celebrated Christmas until we had kids who... (laughs) <laughs> who wanted to know what Santa brings them <laughs> and did you start to do like the tooth fairy yes <laughs> so, so it's all new I and my husband still uh, jokes that you know we never have Santa in India we never have tooth fairies in India <laughs> yeah. let's start from 
the time that you were in India prior to you coming, were you a coach then? I was trained in clinical and human nutrition back in India. I did my master's. Um, and then um, I practiced in any and every avenue that I got to, be it corporate um, consulting. I did a lot of um, work with doctors and I consulted their patients, um, diabetologists, um, general practitioners. Um, I also worked with the gym. I was trained in sports nutrition, so I worked with the gym. Um, yeah, and, and a lot of community projects, research projects. So I did a lot of work back home in, in the field of nutrition. Mm -hmm. But then I always felt that people necessarily knew what they had to do, mm -hmm. but adoption of that knowledge was hard. And there was that gap, and I was always interested in psychology. So when I got this opportunity at Virginia Tech to study with the Dr. Esther Brooks, um, he, his, um, his emphasis was on behavioral sciences and transitioning research into practice, especially in areas of nutrition and physical activity. Mm -hmm. um, it was a great opportunity for me and I grabbed it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, we also worked on an online weight loss program and how to promote it. And it wow. was a NIH funded study. So it was, it was a great experience there. But I just felt like the puzzle was not solved yet for me. I had the space of how to convince um, the psychological aspect of behavior change. I had these tools in terms of what works, what doesn't work nutritionally. But yet there was something missing. And um, I figured coaching was a way for me to enable adapt, adoption of that behavior. And I was introduced to well, coaches, yeah, and then ever since I have been a coach, mm -hmm. um, enabling behavior change. We should also say that Well Coaches is a program that trains in trains lifestyle medicine. In lifestyle medicine, people from all walks of life um, are trained in coaching. They could be kinesiologists, they could be nurse practitioners, they could be in mental health um, background. And, and people who have some medical background, but at the same time are involved in helping others adapt to new behavior, Yes, coaching is for them. And also, Well Coaches is the only program that sort of partners directly with the American College of Lifestyle yes. Medicine, right? Yes. So, so is that how you learn the aspects of lifestyle medicine? Um, Yes and no. Um, so I did go through an additional training through Well Coaches to be certified as a lifestyle medicine coach, which was amazing. After my training and coaching, I was working in the insurance industry, helping people um, with their preventable diseases. Um, and, and in my role, I used to address nutrition, exercise, stress management, tobacco cessation, um, sleep management, all of that. And so that experience along with training from well coaches really helped me be more informed and be able to speak to those topics mm -hmm. better. Yes, being more effective too, working with people. Yeah. Um, I remember the first conversation we had when we first initially met was exactly that. You told me about the work that you did with uh, clients with smoking cessation and other areas um, where you help them. Would you say that you guide them through change or how does that work? I help them find their next step. 
Uh-huh. And so um, coaching um, primarily, um, we believe that we really don't know all the answers because each person has their own challenges, their own circumstances they are in. So we ne- do not necessarily know the answers for you, but our job is to help you find those answers or also find your next step mm-hmm. to get to your final goal or your best self. What are some of the changes that people want to make? Mainly for losing weight, to have more energy, to quit tobacco. Those are the ones they come to us for. And are they referred by doctors or how do they learn about your services? It is through doctors at times that I work with. Um, It can be through word of mouth. Um, It can also be through um, the insurance industry as a whole different field because they have their various sources of information. Mm -hmm. But um, it, it can be mostly through these Well, we were having lunch, and I could tell from our conversation that you have a passion for what you do. Absolutely. It's it's just um, so rewarding to, I would say, walk that journey with a person and see them on the other side and mm. see how different they feel. Through my training in College of Lifestyle Medicine, um, sleep has been a big factor that I've realized. It, it is impacting so many walks of our life. So just an example, studies have shown that people who are well-rested tend to eat 500 fewer calories than people who are not well-rested. If you're not rested, you really don't have the energy to exercise. Okay, that makes sense. (laughs) And you are more stressed out. It's just the hormones in your body that are elevated that impact your experience of stress. The stressors are not going to change. Most of our stressors are not in our control. So if you're up until 12 or 1 in the night and you're in front of screens, it affects your melatonin production in your own body and that's keeping you not rest. It's not helping you get a good rested night. Mm -hmm. Also our body is a creature of habits. If you I hear a lot of people telling me about my sleep routine is perfect from Sunday to Thursday, Friday to Saturday, it is haywire, just because I can sleep in, um, be up until late, sleep in up until later in the morning. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, our body doesn't really understand that math. (laughs) You are getting your eight hours of sleep, but it's used to going to bed by a certain time, 10 or 11 or whatever it be you are going to be feeling different the next day. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's best to maintain that time. And we are seeing a lot of work in the field of Alzheimer's as well, that having that irregular sleep schedule impacts your probability of having Alzheimer's as we grow. I did not know that. Yes. That's scary. And the statistics on Alzheimer's are really scary at this time. We are looking at almost two out of five people likely to have Alzheimer's as they grow. What are some of the things that we can do, I guess? Be more consistent in our sleeping patterns, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. along with everything else like diet. (laughs) Yeah, and everything else falls in place, honestly. If you are well rested, you're going to make those healthier food choices. It increases your self-confidence. You're more likely to be active. You have that energy to be active. Um, You're not as stressed because you're doing the right thing. And you're feeling great. So it's a whole vicious circle and it snowballs.
What are some of the tips that you can give our listeners when it comes to managing stress? One of the key factors that I think affects our stress experience is we try to control a lot of things. When we say that there are certain factors we really cannot control, but our struggle is still to get that kind of control over it, we experience that stress. And so for that reason, um, it's important to identify what am I trying to control here? And just acknowledging what we can control versus what we cannot, can in, it, it can make you um, address that situation differently. Meditation is another way for us to manage that stress. Um, and, and the premise for meditation, at least from my perspective, has been when we are trying to let go of those thoughts constantly, our thoughts in our brain, our self-talk is like a hamster on a wheel, constantly on the go. And so we, we need to let go of those thoughts to be able to focus on whatever you want to focus on. Sometimes it can be a breath, it can be some sound, um, it can be nothing. And that's the hardest one. Um, but letting go of that thoughts is in a way letting go of that control. And that helps us with our manage, stress management because you're letting go of those thoughts necessarily or the, that sense of control. Right, so identifying what it is that it's driving us crazy because we're trying to control it. <laughs> do you teach um, meditation as well, or do you guide meditative uh, sessions? Not as much. I do it for myself, but what I do guide my clients with is a lot of body scans. Um, that is a form of, I, I wouldn't really describe it as a form of meditation, although mm -hmm. a lot of apps and programs these days do promote it. Um, but it's a way of relaxing. So I guide them through various relaxation techniques and I describe the, the process of meditation the way I haven't understood it so far. But I feel like nobody can really teach you to meditate. It's something each of us has our own experiences with meditation, but there are definitely teachers out there that can guide you in the process or help you understand what certain experiences mean for you. One of the things that I find to be very soothing is cooking in the kitchen mm -hmm. because I'm present yeah. and I'm active and I'm connecting with my space. And then I've, I have this sense of calmness afterwards. Yeah. I feel very present. I feel fulfilled. I may not even eat what I cook. Mm -hmm. I may mm -hmm. sample here yeah. and there, but I feel so relaxed afterwards. And so when I don't have my time to cook, yeah. the way that I enjoy it because I'm busy, I, I feel the difference. Yeah. When I'm in coaching my client, that's my meditation. Just because in that space, I have to forget myself. It's all about the other person in front of me mm -hmm. and what they have to share. Mm -hmm. um, and that's my meditation. And that's how I feel exactly. Um, just relaxed. That is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about a couple of other things. I'm interested in your transition to eating more plants, mm. you know, more plant-based, and then what you're now doing with uh, your pod, being part of Plant Peer Communities. Um, so let's start with the food. <laughs> All right. So I was raised a vegetarian, um, and, and dairy has been a big part of uh, our meals growing up. Um, 
But the transition came when I was trained in sports nutrition. And uh, it was um, very protein oriented and Indian diet is typically not as protein rich. And that was transformational for me because until then there was no magic happening between me and my clients in terms of the results that they found. Um, it, it used to be good enough if I had diligent followers, they would get certain results, but not, nothing magical. But the moment I went to high protein diet, it was phenomenal. I would have patients waiting for three hours to see me just because they had never seen improvements in their cholesterol levels. For my patients who were meat eaters, I would promote it just because they were getting those results. And that's what sports nutrition kind of trained me at that time in. So let me see if I understand. So at the time you were encouraging high protein intake. Yes. And when we say protein, are you referring to meat? It could be meat if they are meat eaters. It could be dairy. <laughs> it could be eggs. So just eat a lot of animal products. Yes, yes. And I myself ate seven eggs a day oh my God. at that point. Okay, and I was eating a lot of dairy as well. I had put on, I, I was doing a lot of strength training and put on seven to eight pounds of weight without an inch on my waist. It was just muscle. It sounds like you were kind of... I was not keto. I used to eat carbs at that time. Carbs, and, and I was not uh, hoping to lose any weight. So okay. carbs were important for me to gain muscle and not lose weight at that time. Um, so I did that. And I started believing in it. But at the same time, I knew somewhere that this was not right. Nature doesn't work that way. If you look at our nature, 70% of our plants are fruits or vegetables are mostly carbs in legumes, cereals. It's, it's carbs everywhere. So somewhere the nature isn't really, and I, I, I'm a strong believer in nature being the answer to a lot of our questions. Um, and there was this conflict within me, within what I was promoting and what I was really, I felt like wouldn't be right. Um, and one day I was at the library and I wanted to see what book to read. And I saw the China study. And for some reason, I just read it and I got hooked down to it. And I realized this is an answer to my questions. There is so much of good, rich data over here. Um, indicating the negatives of animal eat. And, and the purpose of most people eating high protein diet, and if we look at muscularity, or is to look good. And that's the motivator, but at the same time, it may not necessarily be healthy for all of us. And, mm -hmm. and we still do not know the long-term impacts of all these. And there is this Dr. Campbell who has studied all of this, and and has all that rich data to answer our questions. And so um, I was drawn into it and I kept reading more about different work about, by different researchers. Yeah, and so when, when I met you, you kind of introduced me a lot to the vegan community and going to various seminars and um, sessions. But it was the wellness retreat in Houston. Yes, yes. that was the one and it was so good and it, and my dilemma when I had always been thinking about giving up dairy, um, but my dilemma was 
I'm a tea addict. I need to have my tea. How am I going to give it up? <laughs> um, yogurt has always been a part of my meals. I love ice cream. How am I giving up all of those things? And, and then I learned alternate ways to make our own milk and, um, you know, from oats or from soy. Um, and, and when I s tried all of that, it, it kind of taught me ways in which I could experiment at home and find out my alternatives. And I started experimenting with all of those things. And I had my solutions. <laughs> you know, I'm really impressed with your cooking. By the time I met Dr. Riss, I was no longer eating red meat or pork. Mm -hmm. I stopped eating that in college. Okay. So, but then I asked his mother to teach me his favorite dishes. <laughs> and suddenly, <laughs> I'm using all this heavy oil and yeah. ghee, and I'm cooking beef and all that. Yeah. This was a while back. Yeah. Um, and I learned the dish that you prepared for me today. Mm -hmm. I learned how to cook that with a lot of oil. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and today, I was watching you in your kitchen, and you were cooking your spinach dish, and, and then you made... I tasted your yogurt, mm -hmm. and all of this is plant-based yeah. without any oil yeah. or ghee. Yeah. And I'm, I'm impressed. <laughs> so you. it's almost like I would like for you to teach me now <laughs> how to cook all the healthy options because Indian food is one um, area that I sort of shied away from once I cleaned up my diet. Uh. So um, although we are starting to veganize um, uh, Dr. Riz's mom's cookbook, mm. Mm. But I, I still lack how to add flavor, yeah. like how you did. I feel like one of my, this is not my words, but one of my friend's words, Anita, you know. Her. <laughs> and she said that Indian food is probably the easiest to veganize. The reason being there's so much of flavor from various spices. For a long time, I have been cooking with minimal oil or fats already. So for my family, they don't feel any different if I don't add any fat to it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they are used to that. It might for a person eating heavy on oils and ghee, mm -hmm. it is hard. It was not obvious to me mm -hmm. um, that I was incorporating spices the way that I do now until my mom came to visit. Yeah. And so I have my kitchen set up for, you know, always being ready to cook. And so um, I was showing her how to replicate some of the recipes that we learned um, when we went to DC. Mm -hmm. But also I was pulling up some of her favorite type of meals yeah. and printing recipes for her. So I would make the recipe mm. and then add cumin <laughs> and turmeric and yeah. cayenne and yeah. so my mom's like what are you adding what is that where do you get that she was asking and so she has so many questions and yeah. I had no idea that I was using more spices today yeah. than I was say even five years ago right my mom wow. pointed that out oh wow but now I know I take a recipe a plant-based recipe mm. but I have to have my flavors which uh, yeah. I love cumin yeah I love cayenne yeah and I have to add cayenne because Dr. Ray <laughs> <laughs> and I always t tend to add a little bit more garlic and onion as well. Yeah. Um, and of course, cracked black pepper. Yeah, yeah, that makes right? it all so much more flavorful, right? You don't right. need those oils or those yeah. fats or no, it's dairy. In uh, you and Anita just started your own group out here in Frisco. Yeah. I, and so you joined Plant Pure Communities. Mm -hmm. And tell us what you're doing and what you're about. Yeah, so we um, started off um, as a Facebook group and we have kind of um, been posting our recipes or some information that people might find helpful for, for a bit now, a couple months I think. But we are almost 
at 70 members. So it's, it's exciting. And our first event is going to be on the 22nd of Feb, where we are going to show Dr. Gregor's movie on how not to eat. Um, so we are so excited and yeah. looking forward to it. How exciting. Yeah. And so that's going to be February 22nd. And they mm -hmm. can find, what's the name of your meetup group or your um, pod? Green and Fit Frisco. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And yeah. so, uh, so it's like a movie day for you guys. Are you going to have like a, a panel discussion or anything like that? We might uh, have some food. Um, Anita and I are planning to prepare some plant-based food and have it available. And, and we are hoping just since this will be our kickoff event, we just want people to connect with each other network with others for this event yeah yeah i think that you will find that being a pod leader is so fulfilling yeah because you create a space for support that people need if you're the only person trying to eat plant-based in your house it's a struggle yeah and and as i don't know about um but in my family i'm the cook and so if i have to cook two things for my family or, or different things for everybody it's a struggle and how are you uh, managing that with your children? Because they're still young, so yeah. they can still be influenced, right? They are. And so um, I have been trying to talk to them in, in, the, in a way that, that they can understand um, as to why am I choosing this path? And um, you know, also about the animal cruelty that speaks to them better because they love animals. So I can talk to them about what's going on, how are we getting our dairy, how are, you know, how are animals being treated just for the meat. And also, it's environmental impact. I'm, I'm really concerned about the impact of meat and dairy on the environment. And so, and they see me all the time. I'm one of those persons who is going to keep the temperature of the house the same. <laughs> it has to be the outside temperature. If it's cold outside, it's okay to be in four layers or, you know, not be as environment friendly as possible. And so um, I'm hoping that they understand. And it's, it's hard. It's not easy. They love their cheese. They love ice cream. Mm -hmm. um, but at least they are being open to those options. They're op open to almond milk or oats milk at times. So um, I'm trying to get them around, but I'm going to let them choose as well because I don't want them to feel forced. Um, and hopefully they'll make the right choice. So your pod will be talking about things like that, like the environment and animal welfare as well? Yes. So we don't want to just focus on nutrition. Mm -hmm. We are hoping to have that bigger impact because um, I am personally very much into health benefit aspect of uh, plant-based me meals or nutrition, as well as uh, environmental impact of our food choices. And you guys are the only organization like this in Frisco, right? I don't think there's yeah. another group. That we are aware of. Yeah. Um, I know that there is a pod in Little Elm as well, which is the next city or town well that's great i'm excited for you guys and i signed out for your gregor smoothie yeah, yeah thank you <laughs> yes we're looking forward so, to seeing you do you guys have any other plans for the rest of the year or you're taking it month one month at a time 
we do have plans but they are so preliminary right now so we will announce them on the facebook group but we do are excited to you know bring in some people to speak or have potlucks or even a jar swap would be a great idea i loved it <laughs> let's kind of touch a little bit on that so we saw each other recently on a yeah. saturday yeah. and we did a jar swap yeah and dr rissa's mom came over like the next day or something she said that's a lot of food for just the two of you guys. <laughs> what are you going to do with all that food? Um, well, we've been eating a lot of salad. Yes, yes. <laughs> so what do you, um, how long does it take for you to go through those 12 jars or 14 jars? Of I'm produce? through them. No. Yes, I am through them. It just, um, I have one jar of celery and half jar of uh, beans. That's it. Oh my gosh. I'm through all of them. <laughs> uh, it's just that it made it so much easier uh, for me to cook. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners? I'm finding a lot of doctors interested in lifestyle medicine. I am really excited to be part of studies and um, work by these and by the doctors because the patients follow the doctors, let's face it. No matter what the others have to say, the patients follow the doctors. <laughs> and so if the doctors are going to be our torch holders over here, then it is really exciting for us to be able to contribute significantly mm -hmm. to the quality of life of the patients. And so we are, um, there's a lot of work going on uh, with that. And I'm, I'm fortunate to be a part of a couple of research studies uh, related to it. And so my vision is to be able to make this more accessible mm -hmm. um, for people. Um, and also be kinder to the environment, facilitate it for a person. So for me, this journey has come because of blessings from all of you who showed me the path. And so um, I want to facilitate that for others. I can't wait to hear um, when you can share in the future about your research and what you're doing, because I came back from the Lifestyle Medicine Conference in October with more energy <laughs> than I thought I was going to have, like, because it's contagious, yes. especially since I was around a lot of coaches, practitioners, nutritionists, doctors, you name it. Um, and they all have different projects going on and they all collaborate in some way, you know, with each yeah. other or some other people. And so you hear a lot of things that are going on along with all the lectures at the conferences, do you encourage each other to stay on this path of wanting to help people by yeah. teaching them about lifestyle medicine, and, and of course it includes food, right. but it's the components of it all. It's not just food. And, and that support, right? Yes. It's so good support. to have all that support from like-minded people, and, and yeah. we probably all have the same mission here. People can find out more about me on my website, healthyhabitsthatstick.com. Um, so you can always go to Green and Fit Frisco Facebook group, and asked to join it. Are you currently taking new clients? Yes, I am. And so um, my website has all my contact information. You can also find me on LinkedIn and reach out to me on there. Okay, yeah. wonderful. Well, thank you for having me over, Mita, and for sharing more about who you are and uh, the organization that you just started. So thank you. Thank you so much, Maya. Thank you. <laughs> been listening to the plant-based dfw podcast show if you like our content please like share and leave a review our goal is to provide quality episodes to help support the community